Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry, with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. The Action Network Podcast. I'm just about that action, boss. Ready! Throwing end zone. Spectacular catch. They're saying it's a catch. Touchdown. You see, most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh, my God. That's incredible. Big bank, small bank, I like to make money. All right. That is the ultimate kibosh. You want to bet? <laughs> and we are underway. Welcome to the Action Network podcast presented by BetMGM. I'm Jill Galant. I'm joined by Evan Abrams. And Evan, our final recap show of the year. But we did just watch Super Bowl 58. Turned out to be a pretty good Super Bowl overall. Chiefs defeat the Niners 25-22. to We're going to dive into what we just saw, recap what the hell just happened in the second overtime game in Super Bowl history. Travis Kelsey, despite the Chiefs winning, did not score a touchdown in this game. Chiefs win 25-22, to and we may be witnessing, Evan, now a dynasty with the Chiefs. Uh, back-to-back Super Bowls for the first time since that Patriots run uh, back in 03-04. Uh, and, I mean, what a redemption story for McCole Hardman, of all people, because First off, just the fact that he was 12-1 to to score a touchdown, but he scores the game-winning touchdown in a Super Bowl uh, and his touchdown actually put the game over the total, depending on when you had bet it, because it was 47 and a half, and then it closed at 46 and a half. That touchdown sends the game over the total. Evan, what's your first reaction seeing the Chiefs win back-to-back Super Bowls? Uh, it's a great summary. I-, I would say watching the first half, you felt good if you were a 49ers better, but really scared because the game probably should have been more out of hand there should have been more points on san francisco's side there probably should have been a a bigger lead at halftime and on the other Mm -hmm. side i think coming out of the half you felt like kansas city could really make a move at any point and then debo gets hurt and i think most people thought okay well if there's no debo we've seen this movie before right like this is exactly the san francisco team we thought he comes back but again San Francisco didn't score a ton of points when I thought they probably should have had more opportunities to put points on the board, ending up with 22 when they ended up scoring 12 in the fourth quarter in overtime. Uh, you know, just uh, – oh, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, 12 in the fourth quarter in overtime. So, uh, to me, 
the probably one of the more impressive runs we've seen from a team when Kansas City was underdogs in the divisional round, underdogs in the conference championship, beats his San Francisco team. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we're going to look back and say, how the heck was Patrick Mahomes an underdog in all these games? This feels absolutely ridiculous. Uh, and, and even with a 10-point deficit tonight, still felt kind of ridiculous. Uh, I, I tweeted this stat before, but since 2019, the Chiefs are now 5-1 and one in playoff games when trailing by 10 plus points at any other point at any point in the game, every other team is six and 48. Oh my God. I mean, he, he it's, it's what an incredible stat. It's literally just magic at this point. Now, now I think what makes it even more magical is you look at the box score. Patrick Mahomes was nine for 66 on the ground in this mm-hmm. game. He legitimately took this game over and won it himself on the scramble that they needed on fourth down big to get 66 yards in this game. And on top of that throw for three thirty-three. now overtime aside, we get it, but I don't have much, much else to say, except you kind of have to just clap at the performance. Now, even with MVS trying to almost throw the game in overtime and putting <laughs> them and putting them in a opposite position, Mahomes puts his head, hand on his head. He couldn't believe what had happened. And we still sit here with the Chiefs, 25-22 final. I'm loving that you brought up the Mahomes running the ball angle, though, Evan, though, because nine rushes for 66 yards. We talk about this all the time in the anytime touchdown market that we know he has the capability to do this just a lot of the time. He doesn't go for it and then ends up finishing the regular season and the playoffs with no rushing touchdowns. But I'm glad that you brought up the first half because the first half, if you would just use that as the sample size of what we were going to see in this game, pretty big, pretty big slog. I mean, it reminded me a lot, honestly, Evan, of Patriots Rams from a few years ago where we saw uh, one offensive touchdown in the game or even echoes of Panthers Broncos that had the most punts ever uh, in a Super Bowl. And the Chiefs, I think the one thing that I was going to say that I really worried about the Chiefs where I was midway through the game was the end of the first half and then to start the second half because – they should have probably walked away with seven in that at the end of the half, ended up settling for a field goal and then start the second half with the ball end up throwing an interception and a lot of turnovers in this game too, that really were affecting the total. You saw the early fumble by uh, Christian McCaffrey, where I thought the Niners were driving down the field. They were going to score a touchdown on that opening drive. Like they had done in 10 of 19 games already this year. And then Pacheco turns around and he gets a, a fumble. And I pretty much, once that happened, I was like, you could pretty much eliminate running back from winning MVP uh, in this game. But yeah, I felt like K- uh, Kansas City was pretty much, I mean, I got to say, they I thought they looked outplayed in the first half and a lot of the third quarter. But the fact that they were still within striking distance and only within 10 to three, that was the one part that you're talking about of where if you were a Niners touchdown better uh, or a Niners uh, spread better, rather, I would have been just shaking in my boots knowing that Patrick Mahomes is on the other side and it's only a one possession game. We had said this before. If you had bet the Chiefs entering the game, you were going to feel good if they were winning. You were going to feel good if the game was tied. And you were still probably going to feel good if they were down 10 points. And that is exactly to the T what ended up coming to fruition in this game. Because if you were if you had San Francisco and they were trailing, yeah, they've come back in two straight games. But I'm not sure you were going to feel comfortable in this one. And it never no. really mattered in that case. But, you, you know, Kansas City did exactly what they needed to do. And they figured out exactly the way. And the one thing that was great was obviously Kelsey. One yard 
in the first half. Ends up finishing 9 of 93. Yes. In 10 yes. years, we'll look back and say, oh, just another great Travis Kelsey game. Um, but, I mean, it, it took the last play to force overtime for him to go over his prop. But how about the kickers in this game, though? The sure. kickers. So I took a kicker to miss a field goal um, <laughs> at plus 120. Like, I thought I was being D-Gen about it. I thought, you know, okay, Moody had missed a field goal in both playoff games. Harrison Bucker missed a field goal last year in the Super Bowl. And we're seeing arguably some of the best kicking performances in a Super Bowl we've ever seen. Moody goes uh, on to hit a 55-yarder, breaking the Super Bowl record. And then Harrison Bucker answers him right back with another 57-yarder, 250-plus-yard uh, field goals in the Super Bowl. That was, again, the longest Super Bowl that we uh, a field goal that we had seen in a Super Bowl was back since, like, 1992 when, like, Steve Christie with the Bills was hitting one, right? So, I mean, just unreal kicking in this game. And some of those periphery players, like, you talk about Marcus Valdez-Scanling. I thought for sure that he was got forward progress on that play. And then once I saw that they were now losing four yards as a result, I was very worried for the Chiefs' prospects in that scenario, even though we knew that Patrick Mahomes could be magic on the other side. I felt really bad. I saw Matt Mitchell, obviously our audio producer here at Action Network. I think he had some Butker and Moody uh, MVP tickets at, <laughs> at, at, at different points in this game. Both of those kickers looked decent. There was no missed kicks for a little one until the extra point. Um, but lots of field goals all over the place. The one fun nugget that we can now say with the game technically going over the 46 and a half in overtime is that Super Bowl overs are uh, Super Bowl totals are now 28 28 and one uh, with no total in Super Bowl one so exactly even uh, entering Super Bowl 59 next year uh, and with the underdog covering uh, they're now two games above 500 so tight all around uh, and just if you look at the Chiefs I would say it's pretty crazy that we haven't seen a back-to-backer in what since 2003-2004 with New England. But to me, you're going to look back at this one and say to yourself, the Chiefs were the first team in Super Bowl history to win back-to-back titles both as underdogs in the game. I mean, we and made I was glad that you brought that up. I was glad that you brought that up because when we look back at the game logs and, you know, we use bet labs, we'll look back through the what the ATS uh, closing total or closing spread sure. was. The fact that Mahomes all the way to the Super Bowl winning it was an underdog for three straight playoff games and is able to come out with that. Again, I think that speaks to the Chiefs' greatness and Patrick Mahomes in general, the fact that now back-to-back Super Bowls within a field goal, let's not pretend like he was like a touchdown underdog here, but at the same time, you know, he was within a field goal at the same time. And the fact that I saw a lot of people on the Niners this week and a lot of people just saying, you know what, Mahomes, Magic, whatever – I know what I saw during the regular season. There's no way that they're going to be able to pull this off. And once the second half started, it looked like it was on for the Chiefs where they just became a different team. Because again, if you use the first half and the second half, usually it's the second half where the Chiefs kind of start to trail off because they were uh, bottom five in points per game in the second half, along with being top five, actually first in the NFL in points per game allowed. In the second half, obviously that flipped true, uh, flipped because going into this game, we were looking at an 18 and two run where the Chiefs were going under their second half total. Not so much in this game, 
But I think uh, Travis Kelsey, I think obviously he wasn't going to win MVP in this game, but I think you really hit the nail on the head about how much of an impact he made in the second half, because we talk about how much Patrick Mahomes was with his legs. He went right back to Travis Kelsey again, seven catches and 85 yards just in the second half. And then another catch there in overtime. Um, I'm not necessarily envisioning a, a Travis Kelsey retirement tour or anything like that anytime soon, but Going into next year, we're going to talk about the Super Bowl 59 odds here. But right now, entering this game, the Niners were the favorite to win Super Bowl 59. I don't know enough of can be said about this, Evan, but can sure. we ever really make the Chiefs an underdog in the playoffs again? Of course, like obviously there are circumstances like maybe they're missing their best players or Patrick Mahomes isn't playing or whatever. But at this stage now, with such a sample size of him being put in this situation where he's an underdog, I really just can't see anybody in the betting space being able to make a justifiable case about why they're going to fade Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I mean, no no point in, in, in even having that conversation. I think at this point, after winning three straight times as underdogs and doing exactly what he did this year with the receiving core and the adversity and the, the loss of the rail. I mean, there's so many different points. Uh, you know, even looking at it like this, right? They're the first. So the Chiefs were the seventh preseason Super Bowl odds favorite to lose outright in week one. They're now just the second to win it all. So at many different points this entire season, we doubted Mahomes, and he came back and won. Easily. So I don't think there's a point in doubting him going into next year, but I do think there's probably a few bets or some interesting odds that would lead you in certain directions. Uh, and now I've said this before, and I believe it's the reason that Chad uh, Millman took 49ers and Chiefs to play in this game today is that 10 of the last 11 Super Bowl champs, now 12-1 to 1 or shorter in the preseason because both teams are short going into this year. So right now, that would probably tell you there's only six or seven teams that even fit that bill for next year if you think that mm -hmm. continues. That would be the Bengals, Cowboys, Bills, Lions, Ravens, Chiefs, and 49ers. Now, of course, there could be a long shot, but if you're looking at odds and looking at history, you know those might be the teams. And I think somebody might tell you that if T. Higgins comes back, the Bengals mm -hmm. might be prime for a decent opportunity also considering I believe they have a last place schedule so all those things together maybe Cincinnati's worth a flyer but uh yeah interesting nonetheless this podcast is proudly presented by bet mgm use bonus code action when signing up to get 158 dollars in bonus bets when you bet five dollars for new users in arizona colorado illinois indiana iowa kentucky louisiana maryland massachusetts michigan new jersey ohio pennsylvania tennessee virginia west virginia and wyoming terms and conditions apply must be 21 or older gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER pro teams have millions to spend and they don't always spend them wisely but when it comes to a great shave you don't have to shell out tons of cash Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, 
thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Before we talk about Super Bowl 59, though, Evan, I wanted to ask you about Super Bowl losers and generally what their track record is after not being able to win the big one and then coming into next year, kind of how they perform from an against the spread standpoint. San Francisco is obviously going to be playing a first place schedule, but has legitimate talent. But we've seen throughout even just this year where some of their spreads are maybe skewed a little bit higher because of how well they maybe beat down on certain teams. Wondering how this could apply to the Niners and maybe how we maybe bet them going forward, uh, going into next year with what we know. Yeah, I mean, I'd have to take a look at the win total results because I think that'd probably be a, a separate conversation and something probably, probably be right at the top different. of the NFC again, too. Yeah, the win total conversation and probably a conversation more about what those teams who lost Super Bowls maybe did in the first four weeks of the regular season. But overall, mm-hmm. the trend since 2000, they're 5-19 and 19 in week one. Last two years, Oof. split 1-1. One and one. Uh, but it's something that everyone talks about. So 5-19 and 19 against the spread, not great. History not on their side, at least to start early. Is it a little bit of noise? Probably. Do I think that team might be a little bit inflated in that first week? Maybe a point, two points, depending on the situation? Possibly. Uh, and you would also assume that a bunch of the 49ers probably back, probably a similar type roster. I mean, they were in this game. They were up 10 points. Uh, played pretty well. You assume Purdy's still the start, uh, starter. So all those things together. Yeah, probably the situation. Yeah, and I think we could both agree that from an NFC conference standpoint, uh, the Niners are going to be right back there, likely, especially given their cap situation and all the people they're bringing back. But now starting to look at Super Bowl 59 and already looking at those futures odds, one of the teams that they played during their playoff run, the Niners, I'm kind of interested in the Green Bay Packers right now, around 22 to 1. Uh I honestly not think that uh, this isn't me trying to disparage the Lions. This is me more trying to say that I felt like the Packers played the Lions pretty well, especially in that Thanksgiving game. I don't feel like from an NFC North standpoint, like the Vikings or Bears are enough of a challenge where the Packers couldn't necessarily take them down. They have a great young roster with depth, an emerging quarterback at 22 to 1. Not the worst value that you could look at in the NFC, but the team that I've been really looking at And uh, they're in a bit of a quarterback, maybe controversy because their quarterback just won comeback player of the year, but their other actual quarterback is the highest paid quarterback in the NFL with all this guaranteed money into Sean Watson. But the reason why I'm considering the Cleveland Browns at 40 to one, they are still returning a majority of that top rated defense. Now I know what we kind of shit on their defense about how their defense didn't necessarily travel, especially like you think of that Colts game or even just against the Texans. But I thought their defense still performed pretty well. It was maybe just not a great matchup for them against the Texans around 40 to one. When you know that you're getting a top three defense in the NFL, I don't think is a, horrible price especially considering the Bengals they're around 14 to 1 but that cap crunch is coming for them now Higgins like you just mentioned he may be gone 
if I had to tell you that the Browns are at 40 to one and the Packers are at 22 to one, uh, do those tickle your fancy? Is there another team that maybe you're looking at for Super Bowl 59? Oh, Browns a fun one. I see even uh, in the 50 range at, at certain books. So I have no issue with the Browns. I like the Browns entering this season. So mm-hmm. you're going to turn around and say, maybe they improve some things. Maybe they get some, uh, you know, some health luck when you think about the fact that four quarterbacks won them a game this year. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I have no issue with Cleveland. I think 51 is probably a good price, especially with that defense long off season ahead. But yeah, Cincinnati at 15, Cleveland at 50. And if I look quickly, Steelers at a hundred, uh, I, I do think that Cleveland offers some good value. I even look here. I mean, Miami at 20 feels a tad outpriced considering I like teams that like, listen, if they were going to have to play a cold playoff game again next year, I at least could say to myself, they just went through four quarters of an absolute horrific situation. Maybe McDaniel had learned something to play a better game. So there is a sense of experience there. So 20 might feel a little long, uh, mm-hmm. If, you know, Buffalo takes a step back when they did this year, they got lucky to probably win that division. Uh, so Miami at 20 feels a tad long. Well, and statistically, they were still top rushing offense, top passing offense, top five in points per game. Like, again, you know that what you're getting from an offensive standpoint, but you made the point very clearly, like, can that defense and offense travel? And that's really been the question about Miami and Tua Tagovailoa, really, in general. Uh, the only other reason why I'm trying to stay away from the AFC teams, though, Evan, just because yeah. of the gauntlet and trying to <laughs> avoid a Patrick Mahomes side of things. But the only other team that I would consider, because I still feel like they were maybe even better than the Lions, and I think they would have gave the Niners some run, I still can't just overlook the Rams around 33 to one, maybe even plus 4,000, just because, again, when you know that you've got a quarterback and just that offensive attack, and I do feel like that team could play an outdoors environment at 33 to one, again, in the NFC, that's kind of the teams I'm trying to look for is those long shots there more so than the AFC. But again, in the AFC, I think you're either looking at – I think you're looking in the AFC North. I think you're looking at the Browns. You're looking at the Bengals. You're wondering if maybe uh, Kenny Pickett finally takes a boot and maybe you finally get a half-decent quarterback in Pittsburgh again. But, uh, yeah, I think uh, right now there's still not a lot of value at this stage to want to bet on, like, say, the Chiefs to repeat or even looking at, like, a Bills team or even the Ravens for that matter. I'm a sucker but, as uh, well for Atlanta. I was a sucker last year. And <laughs> I also kind of – I'm a sucker for a team, new head coach – great weapons and you also don't have a quarterback so when there's a question mark at the quarterback position and the quarterback is just so valuable in the sport uh i i tend to try to project mm-hmm. who could be the quarterback on a few of these teams that have like a good situation so atlanta i'm looking at 50 if you could find 60 i'm sure you can at different places kind of intriguing and i would also say the colts uh i was such an anti minchie guy <laughs> yes. for so long uh, but you move Richardson back in that slot if he's healthier, uh, I guess could be intriguing. Uh, so that that would be well, something to look at. Well, you take the Minshew chaos out of the equation yeah. when you do that. Like, and that I think that was the big thing that was always kind of holding you back of like, I did, no, no, I'm not. I mean, listen, do it. The, the Bears have better odds win the Super Bowl than the Browns right now. I, I, I think that in itself is, feels a little, uh, a little mispriced in terms well, of especially uh, what because. 
especially because there, I mean, there've been rumors and rumblings. It's, I don't know if it's actually going to happen, but the idea that like Justin Fields could go to Atlanta or something like sure. that, or at least you're betting on the idea of a quarterback coming in, improving the situation. I will say from experience, I thought that was a good idea when I did it with the jets last year, or just this past off season. And uh, uh, that was over in five plays. Uh, so hopefully that isn't the case when we're betting Atlanta for futures, but obviously when you're betting on a 39 year old quarterback to not tear his Achilles, you know, some things may happen. Right. So, uh, sure. so that is the Super Bowl, Evan, Evan, I think we had a great time this year. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the Action Network podcast, the recap podcast presented by BetMGM. And enjoy the rest of the offseason. And keep an eye out for all of our podcasts right here on the Action Network. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.